0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, it's been three weeks since I got to do a Sunday night. The start of the year, the Lord had me start teaching what I call Back to Basics. Christianity 101, just basic Christianity. And, you know, I look at basic Christianity. It's like uh, starting off in school as a youngster in school. You have to learn the math table. You have to learn vowels. You have to learn how to sound out words and things. And the things you learn when you get lower grades in school, if you do your studies and do right, they carry you all through life. Things I learned. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, this may seem strange to somebody, but sometimes you have thoughts from a long time ago. I've remembered things actually from 1956 in kindergarten. That my kindergarten teacher told us. Little things as a kindergartner back in Indianapolis in 1956. How many of you were in kindergarten in 1956 or before? <laughs> anyway, there's things you learn when you're young in life that stick with you all your life, and hopefully you hear good things that'll stick with you. But in your Christian life, there's things that you learn from the Bible that help you all through your life, and you know, for what I'm teaching on these these sessions about basic Christianity. If you didn't have a good Christian foundation laid in your early Christian life, then we're back to the textbook. We're going to look at things in the Bible that are basic Christianity, that are foundational principles for all your Christian walk that work in everything in your life. And I want to show you a couple things out of the bookstore that are really important books, books that I that I that I still study. This is called Faith Food Devotions, Faith Food Devotions. It's by Brother Hagan. And I've told you about this a lot of times. Maybe you've never bought it or maybe you've never heard me talk about this book. I, I, I read the devotion out of this book every morning and I have for years. And all it is is a simple little verse he gives or two or three verses and a little teaching that takes you less than five minutes to read. But if you're serious about it, you can ponder it as you're reading it and the verses uh, carry it with you and look at them. They help you to be a strong Christian. It's the word of God. And then this here, is by the Copeland's called From Faith to Faith. From Faith to Faith. I bought another copy of that this year for myself at home. And these little devotions are just nice little rosy things. You give you a little rosy poem to make you feel really, oh, that's so sweet. Not little sweet things. It's the Word of God. And it's the Word of God that will change your life. And, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said, follow those over you as they follow Christ. The ones God's put in your life as your spiritual leaders. Well, this spiritual leader can tell you, it's these books and books like this that helped me be where I am today. And, you know, it's books like this that caused me from two years ago when I was diagnosed with blood cancer and then had that heart attack right in the middle of it, 99% blockage. That's caused the cancer doctor, the heart doctor, to say, normal, normal, normal. You're normal. Nothing wrong with you. Do whatever you want to do. And praise God for medical science. But medical science doesn't cure cancer. Jesus doesn't cure cancer either. He kills it. And so I'm so glad that I have the cancer-killing Savior and Word of God on the inside of my spirit. So those books right there, I'm telling that to you for your Christian faith. If you'll have books like that and take them serious with your Bible, they will help you to be a cancer killer and a marriage healer. And Bring Up Your Children Right and everything else. Those books are really awesome. But anyway, today we're talking about back to basics. We're going back to Mark chapter 4. That's where I've been teaching out of. Melinda, would you tell Dylan, I'd like to see him on Sunday nights. He gives a pretty good cheer. And I, right then, I missed Dylan's cheer. I wanted to hear a cheer from Dylan. got to send him a text or something say, Dylan, you need to be here to cheer on Sunday nights. Okay, back to basics. And tonight I'm going to call this Keep Working the Word. Keep working the Word. And that's kind of the lines that Susan was talking about, about the Word of God. But in Mark chapter 4, matter of fact, uh, Jesus basically says in in the middle of this teaching here that if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand anything. But if you understand the Christian principles that are in this parable, you'll understand everything about God you need to know to be able to never lose in life again. I didn't say never have a battle again. I said I'm never losing life again. And I think about what the Lord told me one time. Oh, I can't get too many money trills. Mrs. Pastor has me on a timer. Well, I got my timer and you got me too. But anyway, in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it talks about Christians. The Satan walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he, may, whom he may devour. And then he says in verse 9, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In the world. Well, back in 1981, I was preaching to a guy down at the Monroe County Jail in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, I, I couldn't get back to cell block to see him. And so I was on this side of the bars and had to holler him through, through several cell blocks to get to him. And the sheriffs wasn't stopping me. So I was able to preach to this guy through the cells like that. And I was talking about 1 Peter five eight, how Satan was seeking whom he may devour. And I just led this guy to the Lord. I said, he says right here, that same affliction to accomplish your brethren in the world. Then I said this, it was a revelation to me, I've always preached this since then. I said, there's two kinds of Christians. Either in the world or in the Word. He did not say, those things are accomplishing your brethren that are in the Word. He said, your brethren that are in the world. And so, I found out in all these years of pastoring that Christians that will stay serious about the Word of God go through the same battles that Christians that aren't serious about the Word of God go through, except the difference is the ones that stick with the Word, the Word sticks with them, they always win. I want to say that one more time. Because we are born-again Christians, and right now we're in Satan's territory. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says at this point in time, he's the God of this world system. But then Jesus said in John 17, praise that although we're in the world, we're not of the world. And that in him we can triumph. And so we right now, until Jesus gets to reclaim this planet, which is at the end of this church age, he will. Until he gets to reclaim it, we down here On earth, we're occupiers. He said, occupy to our return. We're occupying forces on this planet. We have got to exercise Satan's defeat. We're the ones that's got to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Cancer knocks on the door of a serious believer. Should answer it with faith. And say, Cancer, you're an invader. Say, spirit of fear that goes with cancer... God didn't give you the spirit of fear. Power to love and a sound mind. Jesus redeemed me from cancer. So cancer, I'm telling you right now, you've been defeated at Calvary. I refuse you the right to invade this temple of the Holy Ghost. My body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. Not the household for sickness, disease and cancer and every other evil thing. Bankruptcy, you're an enemy. I'm a tither. I belong to Jesus Christ. He rebukes you for me, bankruptcy, and debt. He rebukes you. I'm a tither. You can't say that unless you're a tither, by the way. Amen. God doesn't bless phonies. (laughs) But anyway, I'm telling you how this thing works. We, as Christians, have rights in our contract, which is called the New Testament. And we've got to exercise those rights. And so as we look at these things in Mark chapter 4, these basic things in Mark chapter 4, Work in every arena, everything you ever face in life is right here in Mark chapter 4. So we're going to start in verse 1 and I want to just go through this quickly because I want to get to the points we are and you can listen on the internet of the, uh, things we taught before on this and lots of other times we've taught it. But anyway, verse 4, verse, chapter 4, verse 1 says that he began to teach by the seaside and there was gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered to a ship as set in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea and on the land. He taught them many things by parables. He taught them many things by parables. And any spirit-led preacher today teaches many things by parables. And a parable is a natural illustration to help you understand a spiritual truth. Natural illustration. And you remember Jesus in, in, in Matthew and in Mark, he talked about, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. He was talking to fishermen. Fishermen knew what it was to fish. And he said, I'll help you catch men. Well, see, in this world, people are floating around aimlessly. And the devil has all kinds of traps and snares and baits out there to try to try to take people to hell. And Jesus said, I'll help you to catch them and rescue them from that sea of sin. I'll show you how to fish and catch catch men. And rescue them from Satan's dominion. Amen. And then at other times when he's talking to carpenters, then he talked about a wise man built his house upon the rock. And he laid a solid foundation. And his foundation was hearing and obeying the word of God. And so it depended on who he was talking to, what kind of illustration he gave them. And so the groups he was talking to, God would give him natural things he would share them. And so it says right here, he's getting ready to tell us a parable. And so we got to listen to this. And he said to them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And if you got a different translation, it probably says without a farmer to plant seed. And so you get a picture now, he's talking to farmer type people. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, fowls there came and devoured it up. And if you've been around planting stuff, you've seen things like that. And a matter of fact, you go to Walmart and buy a bag of it, it's called birdseed. All bird seed is a seed. But if you're planting good seed in a garden or in a field, and it doesn't get out of the dirt, then the birds eat it. Let me ask you this. If you're a farmer planting corn, and the birds come and eat the corn, how much corn are you going to have come up? No. All you got is bird poop. No, no, no. I'm just, you know, that sounds kind of cardinal, but it gets your attention. And so... We're not, he's heading to a spiritual point here. Jesus the one giving us this. He said, "He said the birds came and ate the seed. And he's giving you a natural illustration. And so, says, the birds came and ate it. And then it says, some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Does anybody ever noticed that out here in the desert, where well, there's not a whole lot of depth of any kind that in the springtime, if we have rain or snow or any kind of much moisture at all, in the winter time here, what happens in the springtime? Come about April, what happens? you got the little purple flowers everywhere. Those little yellow things everywhere. But what happens after less than a month? Where are they at? They're gone. And so anyway, he said, because it had no depth of root, it sprang up. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And Jesus has told us a parable to understand a very important spiritual truth. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Well, we understand that. And, you know, back where I'm from in Indiana, instead of the thorns, when I see this, because I actually had real gardens back there. And we had real fields everywhere growing all kinds of fruits and, and vegetables and produce back in Indiana. I know what it's like when you got a blonde-headed wife that has a nice neighbor rides up the street with a big tractor. And when you have, have a few acres like we had, and the guy comes past every springtime and says, hey, I'll plow your yard up for free. And I'm out driving my truck and she's home. She says, come in and plow my yard up for free. My husband will take care of it. And so he plows the yard up for free. And my wife buys all the seeds and gets them all planted real good. And so the husband's out driving the truck all the time. Doesn't have much time to come out there and take care of the garden. So all of a sudden you got all these nice things growing up, tomatoes and peppers and green beans and peas and all that stuff. But all of a sudden the weeds come up. That's what Jesus told about the thorns. So I got lots of nice stuff growing out there. But when I get home after a long hot day in a truck out there driving around Indiana, last thing I want to do is get home at dark time. Don't have to get up again the next day early, go get in a truck, come out there and pull her weeds. So after I'd say probably two or three years of that, probably three years, I don't think it went four years. We bought that place. She got tired of every year, about the end of July, seeing me take out a really good craftsman riding lawnmower for a really, really, really good, powerful blade system in it. She got tired of seeing me take that tractor through there and cutting down all those fruits and vegetables and things out there and the weeds because it wasn't taken care of. And so Jesus, I want to say this again, he's given us an example. He's telling us something natural. And this is going to help every one of you tonight what we're going to see. He's given us a natural example to help you understand your spiritual life. Amen. And so it says that uh, the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. Another fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up increased, and, and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. And so there's a difference between me and my dad. My dad was retired back then. He had a place about, what do you say, five seven miles down the road from us. And my dad had nothing but time on his hands. He was retired. My dad bought a great big fancy rotor tiller. He had a he had a horse farmer down the road that had lots of horses that left lots of stuff on the ground. And that guy would to rid of the stuff that the horses left behind. And that was really good for the gardens down there with the stuff that was in that horse manure. And so my dad would get that horse manure, his rotor tiller, and work his ground and work his ground and work his ground I kept the weeds out of it every day. That's all he did Worked worked on his garden. And people came from all over. My, my dad would have gripped big tomatoes that big. Ears of corn that big and that long. Because all he did was worked his ground. He had the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Because my dad worked his ground. He had time to work his ground. He worked his ground. He did all the right minerals and stuff in the ground he was supposed to have. He kept the weeds out. He watered it if it didn't rain. He made sure he watered it every day. His garden grew. Well, that's the kind of garden that you would want to have if you was a serious gardener. Amen? And so Jesus has given us a natural illustration to get across the spiritual truth. And then he said unto them, he that ears he hears to hear, let him hear. And so I can just say this for me. When I go to Dr. Barclay conference, when my son Pastor David teaches here, I sit right there with my notebook out, with my Bible open, with my pen. I write down notes. And since I've left Dr. Barclay's conference, we left Thursday night, I've looked at my notes from Dr. Barclay's conference at least three or four times and went through them again and put yellow through them, looked at Bible verses again, because Dr. Barclay taught things down there that I need to hear. And, you know, a lot, probably most of what he taught, I've taught myself probably thousands of times in the last 40 years I've taught him. But when you hear somebody else teach it, you hear things you didn't hear before. And so I'm saying right now, no matter how times you've heard something like this talk we're teaching tonight, Jesus said "And Jesus is alive today. He preaches through preachers today. He preaches through you today when you're sharing the gospel with other people. Jesus said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And that applies to you ladies, too. You have ears to hear. Amen. And so anyway, we see that there that he said... When alone, you know, the the ones asking about what he heard. And he said in verse 11, Unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But of them are the outside, these things are done in parables. So I want to say this. I circled verse 11. I put yellow to it. And then my center column, it says that word mystery means secret or hidden truth. But I want to say this to you. I say this every time I teach this because... Some of you may have been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. Yeah. You know what religiously brainwashed is? But you've been around people that think they're super spiritual and say, God moves in mysterious ways His wonders to perform. You never know what God might do. Jesus just got through saying, if you've got ears to hear, hear. It's given to you to know. He doesn't want you in the dark. Sometimes we don't know how He's going to do it. Sometimes we don't know when He's going to do it, but we do know He is going to do it. Pastor Dave taught this morning about promises, promises, promises. The promises are promises, but He said Jesus said something years ago that's always stuck with me. He talked to me about First Job one nine, and He said it this way. First John 1 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful to just forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And one day, very few times God spoke to me in his audible voice that booms on the inside of me, though this day, and it wasn't for me, it's for my church back in Indiana to tell them. He said, this isn't just a promise. He said, this is a Bible fact. He says, you do your part, I'll do my part. God said, "said Your part is confess the sins." God said, "His part is when you confess, He forgives and cleanses." And He told me very plainly, He said, "That's not just a promise." He didn't say what a promise because it is. He said it's not just a promise. He said it's a fact. And when I saw that, I began to see the rest of the Word of God as a fact. It's a fact that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. When I went through that cancer stuff, I kept saying, those doctors are going to look at that microscope and they're going to see the strangest thing. All they're going to see is 1 Peter 2.24. And the doctors are going to look at each other and say, what's 1 Peter 2.24? By Jesus' stripes, Bernie Samples was healed. And they finally saw 1 Peter 2.24. You know Why? That's not a promise. That's a fact. He forgave my sins. He healed my diseases. Jesus did that. Amen. And so, was it a mystery to me that two weeks after a very serious heart attack where the doctor said, and where's Katie at? She in here? Katie, you was down there that day. What do you keep telling me? Walking dead, man. You're walking dead, man. You're walking dead, man. The guy kept saying, you're walking dead, man. You're walking dead, man. And he said, 99% blockage. He said, I do this every day. This is serious. And I thought, well, I do this every day. This is serious. (laughs) He said, he said, you know, he said, you don't understand. He said, I do this every day. People die every day. I watch them die. But then, you know what he told me? You have no damage. You have no damage. I said, okay, i do that. I didn't tell him that because I didn't want to sound stupid to him, but I thought, yeah, I'd do that. No damage because by his stripes I was healed. Yes. And it wasn't just a verse I quote. It was a verse I live. Yes. I live that. So he told me I can do anything I want to do. I, at, at that point in time, I had been on an airplane for a couple of years, so I like to travel and go places. I said, can I fly on an airplane? He said, Yeah. And i like to go to Big Bear. I hadn't been there for a couple years. I didn't know about heights. I'd have an effect in my life. I said, well, can I go up to Big Bear? He said, you can swim. I said, what? He said, you can go swimming. I said, oh, good. I've never come before. You'd be like, swim now? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm telling you this. Jesus said, it's given to me. And I don't know about you. It only is if you believe it. But to me, I believe it. With Jesus Jesus has given to me to know the mystery, the hidden truths, the secrets of how the spiritual world works, I said, okay, I receive it, Jesus. I'm going to learn what you got to say. i got ears to hear, and I'm going to hear. And then verse, verse 13, he said this, Know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? Well, paraphrased, I don't know what the NLT says, but I know what this says to me. When Jesus said this, and this is what I'm, I just pray, that everybody sitting here tonight will hear what I'm saying. On the internet, listen to what I'm saying. Jesus said, if you understand what I'm teaching you in this parable, you'll understand everything else I have to say to you in life. Wow. On the other side of the coin is this, if you don't get this, what he's saying... You're going to be confused your whole Christian life, and you're going to go around saying, "God moves in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform." Can't never tell what God might do. You're going to go around saying dumb things like, "I'm hoping and praying." You know, we're just hoping and praying. And you're going to get on Facebook and you're going to say, "Send in prayers, honorable You'll get on Facebook and you're going to say, "Message me so I can hear all the juicy gossip nobody else can see. I want to hear the gossip." You know, you get the teasers on Facebook, and they'll put the goofy little faces on there. And they'll say some kind of little whiny thing, a one-liner, just to tell how many whiners they get to call them. You know why? Because they don't understand this parable yet. Here's what I found a long time ago. You know how many people asked to pray for me when I went through that cancer and heart attack stuff? You know how many people asked to pray Because I understand this parable. What I did at the onslaught of that attack, I called the elders of the church. Because Jesus, James 5.14 says, if any sick among you, call for the elders. So let them pray over him, anointing him with all the name of the Lord. And he said, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. He didn't say the prayer of faith will make them feel better. He didn't say the prayer of faith might cause something to happen because you never know what God will do. When he said the prayer of faith shall heal the sick, in my heart, my mouth, I said that's a Bible fact. I called the elders of this church together. They prayed for me one time. I had preachers over the course of time for that, went through that thing, that one, look, well, could they pray for me? I said, no, really. I said, you don't have to. I said, the elders of my church prayed for me. According to James 5.14, God said that when they prayed the prayer of faith, He healed me. And so I said, you don't need to, but what you can do is you can thank the Lord that when they prayed, God started moving. Then only God's working in me. I told this congregation, I told you guys many times when that was going on, I said, you don't have to pray for me, but you can praise God and thank Him for my healing. Because when they prayed, God moved. Because if I didn't believe God moved, why would I have him pray? And then when I'm teaching you out of this parable tonight, I can tell you this. God doesn't move because you felt it. God doesn't move because you saw anything. God moved because his word said what he will do. And because his word said it, I didn't have to see. I didn't have to see changes in what the microscope said. Adaptive changes in what all their testing said, the CT scans and all those different scans and stuff. I don't know what all they are. CAT scans, CTs, I don't know what I don't know what all those T's and D's were and stuff. I can't remember. But I wasn't going by those. I was going by the word of God. And so, but I knew this. I knew there'd come a point in time that what they saw would change the line up with what was prayed. That point in time came where they finally started agreeing agree with what God said. But that happened because I've learned to walk by faith in the word and not by sight. I've been teaching healing for really since the first year. I was a born again Christian. I started teaching in churches in 1981. How many years ago is 1981 from now? That's about 39 years ago. I've been teaching in churches for 39 years. And so I've always taught people that when you go to the doctor through serious things, don't get too excited if they give you a good report. They're only going by what they see. Because the next time you go, they might give you a bad report. And so if you're excited, it's okay to get happy about good reports, but if your faith is based upon what they're saying, then the devil has a thing called the counterattack. Next time, they'll say the numbers are down. And then if your emotions were based upon what they said of the good side... Then your emotions go down next time you go down. And you might go into pouting. And stand away from church. And getting offended at God. What happened, God? He didn't change, his word didn't change. The devil's trying to counterattack. And so your excitement's got to stay in the Word of God. You know, you gotta say things like, Man, it's so wonderful to know the Word of God says. Lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. I've had a hands laid on me and I'm getting better every day. And you go to the doctor, and the doctor tells you, i got some bad news for you. This time it went down much lower. You leave there and say, glory to God, the Word's working. By His stripes I was healed. to God's working in me. Go back the next time. doctor says, man, I had bad news last time. I've got terrible news this time. It really went down. You leave there and say, glory to God, the Word's working. has been laid on me. I'm getting better every day. And there comes a point in time, the doctor starts going, We don't understand this. We just don't understand this. And they'll lay their papers out. You'll see the numbers here. And the the doctors say, I just want you to know, we're not messed up. This really is your report where it was. And this is where it was. This is where it is now. And we just don't understand it. They just say, well, you must be one of the ones that Jesus talked about. You're on the outside. You don't understand. But I'm on the inside. And I've got inside information, inside my Bible information. Amen. And so, then you say, this is not a mystery to me. I'm not lucky. I'm a person that loves Jesus, and I don't, not only do I love Jesus, but I love my Bible. I love my church, I love my pastor. My spiritual life is more important to me than my natural life. And because I'm very serious about being a follower of Jesus Christ and His Word, that I knew that you'd finally see what God said in His Word. But I had to fight the good fight of faith till you saw it. And then once the doctor gives you the good report, you don't quit church. To lay the Bible down. You remember where you got it at. Amen. And so anyway. He said, verse 13, if you know this parable, you know all parables, because God does not want you in the dark. Matter of fact, New Testament calls us children of light. He says, walk in the light. He says, he's the father of lights. said, we're to let our light shine. Let's talk about the light of God's word and his life on the inside of us. So anyway, let's go through this. In verse 14, I'm going to do this kind of quickly to I get to the point for today, because we've looked at this before. The sower soweth what? The Word, at verse 15 says, these are they by the wayside where, uh-oh, I've got to disciple these guys to give what we do. To understand what this parable is about, every time we see the two words, the Word, I want you to out loud with me. Because if you're going to understand this spiritual truth, you've got to understand what Jesus is talking about. At any time that he says the same thing over and over and over and over again, Jesus said, I don't want you a dense. Amen. He said, I don't want you to miss it. I want you to see it. And how do I know how important this is? I'll tell you how I know how important this is. you got a church this size. I talk about this physical size. Got that many empty seats on a Sunday night. you got pretty much a lot of people over here. A lot of people right here. But if the people in this community knew there were churches in this community like this teaching what we're teaching tonight, we ought to have standing room only. Ought to have all these people in this high desert area that have serious illnesses, that have marriages that are about to be destroyed, that have children about their being taken captive by the devil, that are going through things they're going through. If they knew what we're teaching tonight, these churches would be packed out. You'd have people out there saying... We need the police to direct traffic to get in, or the highways get blocked off. Oh, what are they having a rock star there or something? Yeah, we're having the rock in here. Amen. Amen. He's a rock star, all right. He's a bright morning star, and he is our rock. Amen. Amen. So anyway, now now do this with me. The sower soweth. Word. And they, they, these lay by the wayside where Word. is sown. But when they have heard Satan cometh immediately and taketh away that was sown in their hearts, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who they have heard, word. immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for, word. for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they, they which are sown amongst thorns, such as hear word. the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things that are in choke, word. the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear word. the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So I want to I want to give you an open book test. What is the mystery, just in two words answer this question a minute, you just read it a bunch, what is the mystery what is the secret of the kingdom? What is it that Jesus wants us to know? The Word. He wants us to know the lessons about the Word of God. And he said, if you understand this principle, you understand everything. And I'll, I'll just tell you, uh, just in, in a real nutshell, I want to get back to what I'm looking at here, what it is. Back in Genesis chapter 6 in the natural world, after the flood, he told Noah, no, it was chapter 8, verse 2, I think, wasn't it? He said, he said as long as earth remains, there will always be day and light. You'll always have the seasons. And then he said there will always be seed time and harvest. So in the natural world, ever since the book of Genesis, seed time and harvest has always worked. You plant seed in the ground, you get a harvest. And so the Jesus said, that's the natural side. Now the spiritual side is this. He said the seed is the Word of God. Your heart is god's soil. you plant God's word in the soil of your heart, and you cultivate the heart. you keep the heart watered with prayer, you keep the weeds out of the out out of the garden of your heart, and it says just as surely as those tomatoes grow up, watermelon grows, flowers grow, whatever grows He said in the spiritual arena that's what it's like if you well I, uh, I'm getting back to where we are here. But you've got to see things. If you do not need a harvest of understanding tithing right now, but you need a harvest of healing because you have been diagnosed with something, plant healing seed. There's a difference between healing seed and money seed. There's between parenting seed and being a good employee seed. The Bible teaches you how to be a good employee. The Bible teaches you how to be a good employer. The Bible teaches you how to be a good neighbor. The Bible teaches you how to be a good sheep. The Bible teaches you how to manage your money. The Bible teaches every subject there is. But just like back in Indiana, if I wanted tomatoes, I didn't want to plant all corn. If I wanted watermelon, I had to plant watermelon. If you're having serious marriage problems, you better come to the marriage seminar and get hold of some marriage seed. And then you better buy some books that teach the Bible on husband and wife relationships. If you're having trouble with your children, instead of going around talking about what what brats they are, what losers they are, what rugrats they are, how bad they are, you better look at the mirror and first of all acknowledge that maybe there's something wrong with the parent. And then maybe you better plant some parenting seeds. The word works when you work the word. And so, what I'm saying, Jesus said, and I learned this as a new Christian whatever area of my life needs change, if I don't plant the Word of God for that area, I have no harvest. And then, when I plant the Word of God, I've got to work my heart like I do a garden. And so, anyway, I want you to notice then I'm not, I don't want to major on this, but you've got to see this. Verse 15. Says that these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, where they have heard Satan cometh when? Immediately and taketh away what? The word that was sown in his heart. Okay. Don't have to be a prophet to tell you what the Bible says, because Jesus told us, understand this, you understand everything. What am I teaching on tonight, congregation? Okay. In the spiritual realm, what's going to happen when the last prayer said, i be saved, and you walk out the doors. What did Jesus say is going to happen? Say it's going to come immediately, what? That's why I learned way back in 1980 when my pastor taught me, every time you enter a service where the Bible's taught, take notes. I cannot tell you how many probably hundreds of thousands of sheets of paper I've went through in the last 40 years. I've got boxes of notes at home, and sometimes I'll go through there and dig up different seasons of life where I'll read things I've taught, or things that I've been taught. And that's why from Dr. Barclays, I take notes. I come home and study those notes. Because I know the things that he said, as good as they was, they were meant for more than to be good feelings down there in San Diego. They ever changed my life up here in Barstow, California. And so what I'm telling you is this. Why don't you get a step ahead of the devil this time? I hope you're taking notes tonight. You know, I don't know if you are or not, but I hope you are. And when you leave tonight... Why don't you, either tonight or tomorrow morning or a few times this week, pull those notes out again and say, Satan, you're not going to steal the Word. According to what God's Word says, my pastor is like a spiritual farmer. I'm God's dirt. And God used my pastor to plant his seed in my heart. And because of that, I'm going to keep that Word, not let Satan steal it from me. I'm going to learn what God said to me. Amen? Amen. Now, what are you doing? You've already passed level one then. You kept the word. Because remember, he said that what this was was like the birds eating it up. He said, well, that word's out there like tonight. Some of these hearts are catching the word. But then some of them, sad to say, they're going to let the devil come like a bird just peck it away. Amen. Okay, so then the next thing he says is this. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. How many received the word with gladness? I hope everybody did. Amen. So he said, receive of gladness and have no root in themselves. Have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And so what that means is this, to be offended, in this, in this uh, verse right here, means to be shut down, to be stopped. And so people get offended, it says, because of affliction or persecution for the word's sake. Satan's target is to get you off the word of God. Affliction and persecution is talking about outward attacks. That means some of you are going to leave here tonight, and maybe before you get out of the church, somebody in the church is going to say something that offends you. You know, there have been a couple examples I've heard about in the church lately of people getting offended about little things that shouldn't really matter about anything, but they get offended that when you're when you're a seasoned Christian, you recognize that's the Satan tried to offend me to cause me to get off under the word. Amen. Afflictions. Afflictions is talk about hard time. Outward circumstances. You know, I think about Mike. I mean, man, there's a guy could be afflicted. It would be Mike. He works six days a week. All week long. And in management, I know that he takes it from both ends. <laughs> and so that's hard time, persecution, all of one thing like that. But Mike has enough of the Word of God in his heart stored up. And I know in between times he has enough of the Word of God. And then if that doesn't get the job done, bet he will. <laughs> she probably got a cattle prod, probably getting a little shockers <laughs> keep me going. But what I'm saying is this. Listen to me. You know, I'm using Mike for an example because an easy target sitting right there. But in our lives, when hard times come and we get stressed, that's the time not to back off the Word of God. Because according to what Jesus said, if you understand this principle right here, you understand everything. Satan's job is to try to squeeze us and pressure us through natural things or through people things. whole job is, is to cause us to get so messed up we quit reading our Bible. To get so messed up to say, we got time for everything else except church. Have you ever noticed... That as much as your flesh gets roughed up, if somebody calls you and says, hey man, let's go to the ball game. Or hey, free tickets to this. Free tickets to that. Well, your flesh said already, I'm not going to church tomorrow, I've got to have a day off. Then all of a sudden they say, we're well, leaving at 6 in the morning, be here. Well, you jump up and you're there. And then you say something stupid like, I have to get back to work so I can rest. But you're too tired to go to church. The whole goal was to get you away from the Word. And you know, I just want to get this into you over and over again, because Jesus said, you got to understand this. Your life must revolve around the Word, not try to revolve the Word around your life. The Word of God, you have to be consumed with a love for the Word of God. And you know, when I say this, I'm not a religious person, I'm a Christian person that God understands there's some times we go through seasons where we get stretched, where you might go for a few days, you can't even open your Bible because you're so busy of life. Well, I've got good news for you. Do what I started doing again at the start of the year. Start writing out Bible verses on three by five cards. Start writing out verses that mean something to you. I started doing this back in 1980. My pastor showed me, and I've kept cards for the years. Done it, But at the start of this year, as I was praying and seeking God about this year, I thought, I'm going back to basics. This is what helped me get started strong. And I'm going to continue to do that this year. I'm doing cards again. I'm writing them out. I'm reading them, seeing things. And I'm saying this. God knows that there's days that you can't just sit down and devour your Bible. But you got to find ways to keep the Word in front of your eyes. you got to find ways to keep on getting the Word of God going. Because that's what Satan's after. us so anyway... He tells you these things and what the devil wants to do to try to, try to try to steal things from you. So, I want to get down then to verse 18 through 20. And this is where we're going to look at for the last few minutes to help us get this. Okay. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as, hear the word, and the cares of this world, deceitful of riches, the lust of other things that are in it. choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. It becomes unfruitful. And so this is a level of Christianity where most of you are at. Those first, those first categories are the people that were basically baby Christians or carnal Christians, live by their feelings and not by their faith in the Word of God. Now it says right here becomes unfruitful. Think about this. If I've got an apple tree that's got apples on it that are starting to mature, and I quit taking care of my apple tree, had those apples start wilting up. They were bearing fruit, but it become unfruitful. So a Christian he's talking about here that's becoming unfruitful wasn't a baby Christian, wasn't somebody that had no fruit, because you can't become unfruitful unless you're bearing fruit. So he's talking here about the Christians that come up three or four levels from when they started. Where all of a sudden, they're the Roberts in the church. They're the Mike and Bettys in the church. They're the whoever you are in the church, you're fruitful. You're seeing your prayers get answered for your family. You're bearing prayer fruit. Your family's starting to get saved. They're starting to come to church. You're getting prosperity fruit. You're tithing. You're making financial faith confession. You're seeing these things start to show up in your life. All of a sudden, wow! Wow! Blessings in the mail, unexpected surprises, the devourer's rebuked, things are working, prosperity's coming. They took up an offering, and I had money to give. They wanted to help feed the poor, and I helped feed the poor. I did all those things. They wanted, they wanted, they wanted somebody to step in and help this part of the church. I stepped your you're bearing fruit. That's so what he said right now. He said, these are like the thorns that are choking the plant, becomes unfruitful. He's telling you what chokes out the fruit in a mature Christian's life. Well, next week we'll finish this because we're out of time. I'm sorry. Amen. <laughs> hey, this, this is really serious. Listen to what I've said. All those other things we talked about here was telling us different levels of your faith where you are talking about the ones that didn't take time to meditate the Word of God and get it working in their life. Said as soon as affliction or hard times come, they quit. But then he said, now here's another category. He said the thorns come, the weeds come, It says they quit bearing fruit. And so that's that's the ones when you look at the church, they come in and say, hey, where's that lady working in the nursery? Takes care of my baby. She did the best job. Oh, my baby just loves serving. She's here. And then. The nurse people have to say everything they can to try to cover up. Well, they became unfruitful. Or Where's that, where's that one that's up there on the platform singing those songs? Oh, oh, he or she has such a beautiful voice. I love to watch them play the guitar. Man, you can tell they love Jesus with all their hearts. Come and say, where's, the, where's that one that was up there? They become unfruitful. And so, I want you to notice what he says. It says, these things come in and choke the word. Something choked the life out of them. And so, we need to take heed to what Jesus said. I want you to look at Luke chapter 8, verse 14 and 15. This is where we're closing at. This is a parallel passage. This same parable is relayed through the eyes of Luke, how Luke heard it. But I like the way Luke said it just a little bit better. And I think this will really help you. And so take heed, you that have the ears to hear, let you hear, so you won't become unfruitful. Verse 14 of Luke 8. And that which fell among thorns, they which where they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection or bring no fruit to maturity. And so in other words, the benefits are manifested, things are happening because of the Word working in your life. Your health's good, everything's going well, and it's all because of one thing. The Word of God is working in your life. You're working the Word, and the Word's working in you. It says, choked with cares, that's worries about whatever will work on you from the devil to get you to leave God's Word to get you to leave church, leave fellowship, quit serving. Always remember 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5, the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to pulling down of strongholds, casting down thoughts and imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the word of God. And so the devil will get you to worrying about money. Of course, by this time in your life, you've got more money because those rights are working. Things have showed up, but then all of a sudden, the pleasure of this life. Now, because you've got money, you're not worried about gas. You're not worried about car insurance. You're not worried about keeping the lights on. And you got that good job where you get all these days off. So all of a sudden, the weekends become Disneyville or the ball games. Or the trips to the pleasures of Vegas. Or the family outings. Or whatever it is, the pleasures of this life begin to choke the word. The word got you the money to be able to do those things. The word got you the job to be able to have the time to do those things. Then all of a sudden, Satan comes in. It says Satan's the one that comes to steal the word. He comes in. And these thoughts begin to hit you. And think about this. The love of money... The worries of life are not outside attacks. They're from the inside. That other level of Christianity, affliction and persecution, that's outside on the flesh. This is inside on the soul. That's your soul where the thoughts come. I need, I need to take a weekend off. I've been working too hard. I'm going to take a weekend off from church and everything else. And then next weekend, well, I still doing Okay. I've got to have another weekend off. I, 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 it's summertime coming again. I think I'm going to take a vacation just from church and everything else. I've got to have a vacation. I can afford it. I'm well. There's nobody sick. There's nobody sick, and you're well because the Word of God's working in your family now. That's why you're not sick. And Satan knows this because of the Word. The Lord gave me a phrase years ago, and I'm going to give it to you. Just get a hold of this. Satan can't stop the word from working. All he can do, here's a key word, is try to stop you from working the word. He can't stop you from working the word. He can try to stop you from working the words. When he throws the thoughts at your head about backing off on your spiritual feeding, whether it's at home, in church, or whatever it is, when he tries to get you to back off, Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you understand everything. He says, give you know the mystery of the kingdom of God. The reason that Rosalinda has so much victory in her life is because she got in a good word church sitting under the word of God. She's working the word. The word's working in her. Her family's blessed. She's blessed. Her job's blessed. That's like every one of you have taken this seriously in your lives. But every one of these empty seats record, it, it, it just represents somebody that here at one time they received the word of God, just jumped up and down, Said, can I testify? Can I testify? But as soon as hard times come, they had no root system, so they backed off. Amen. And so we're going to, have to wrap this up and close it down. But I want you to, I want us to look at this, at, at this here. He told you right there that don't go chased after money. Money's good if it's used right. But if money pulls you away from God, it's not being used right. And so I, wa- I want you to notice here in verse 15, And this is what we, as Christians, have got to strive for. But that on the good ground, like my dad's garden down there for all those big tomatoes and all that corn and all the stuff my dad had down there, that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, how many heard the word tonight? Heard the word, keep it. How do you keep it? Write it out of three by five cards, buy these devotionals, have your own Bible time, Come to church multiple services a week, as much as you can. Come to church. He says, I heard the word, keep it and break forth fruit with what? Patience. That means you stick with the Word, the Word will stick with you. So this is the number one master key to Christianity 101 that I've learned in life. That I'm going to stick with the Word, the Word will stick with me, but you break forth fruit with patience. That means you stay with it, you stay with it, you stay with it through good times you're a bible person through bad times you're a bible person through blah times you're a bible person the word works but you work the word amen Let's stand up. thank you for listening to this podcast for more information visit hdwc.org